0: Alright competitor, we're talking positivity, dealing with comparison, and how to show up and compete for your best life. Today with my friend, mental performance coach, Carly Musser. so glad you're here competitor and I'm so excited about today's episode. My friend, mental performance coach Carly Musser and I met a few months back at the Elite by Choice conference that our friend Lauren Johnson hosted. Lauren being a past guest here on the podcast is a former mental performance coach for the Yankees. And Carly and I got a chance to meet on the show uh, and just clicked. She's got a positive energy to her. She's got a great attitude. and she's doing some incredible work right now with athletes. And so I was really excited to get her on the show this week because we talk about being positive. What happens when you're someone that's naturally positive? How do you handle those days when you're not so? Um how do you handle making sure you're more optimistic and making sure it's less toxic positivity? We talk comparison and the importance of building your self-awareness around how you use social media, how we get caught in that trap. I get caught in those traps when my, my headspace isn't right, when I don't feel good, when I'm tired, when I'm stressed. And so the better we can understand when we're victim and, and when we fall into the trap of endlessly scrolling, of comparing ourselves, the better we can work to avoid it. So we talk about that stuff. We talk about the importance of believing in yourself We talk about a number of different things that honestly will have incredible value for you today. If you just listen to this episode and apply something that Carly shares, you'll be able to incrementally grow over time into that person you want to be. You'll improve how you show up at work, how you train in the gym, how you live your life. And that's the purpose of this show, helping to encourage, equip, and empower driven people just like you on how to compete every day for their best life. So I'm super, super excited about that. Thank you for bearing with me. I know my nasally sound right now, battling this head cold that just will not go away, Uh, but I will not go away either. And so we keep dropping brand new episodes for you all month long. If you're in the new competitor nation, you know that we are hitting brand new episodes seven days a week so you can start each morning stronger, encouraged, motivated, and focused to go win that day. And if you're not in the new competitor nation, I want to encourage you to head on over to community.competeeveryday.com. You can find out how to join that new membership. You'll get access to the brand new app on your phone. You'll have the opportunity to get daily text messages as part of the Morning Motivation Club. You'll get daily podcasts. You'll get access to our monthly challenges and a whole whole lot more, including monthly coaching hours with me. So I'm super excited about the new community. I'm loving, loving all the conversations we're having in there with the people that really just want to up their game in 2022. They want to hang out with better people. They want to spend less time scrolling endlessly on social media. They want to challenge themselves to get better, and they want to get out of their comfort zone more often so they can grow and compete. So if that's you as well, join us at community.competeeveryday.com, and I'll see you in the new group. Now, let's welcome to the show my friend, mental performance coach of CM Performance, Carly Musser. What's up, Carly? Welcome to the Compete Podcast. How are you?
1: I'm great, Jake. How are you?
0: Good. It's so good to see you again as we are obviously Zoom FaceTime right now after getting to hang out in November uh, at Lauren Johnson's Elite by Choice event that I know we've had a handful of guests from. uh, But super, super excited to chill with you and and jam today because uh, you've got some fun energy. I, I love your passion for your work and our listeners are in just for a treat. So uh, to kick things off, the question I'm always most curious about is what mental skill is the biggest challenge for you? Like what has been the hardest one for you personally to build and apply?
1: Um, So first off, thank you so much for your kind words. Um, I love your energy as well. That's why I was so pumped to to talk with you um, at the event. Um, Man, that's a that's a challenging question. And I love challenging questions. Um, I think that there's so many different ones that I could honestly pick. Um, I think confidence is one of the biggest things um, that I see all the time, Um, no matter what age, no matter what, um, whether it's, you know, baseball, soccer, whatever it is. And I think that um, I would probably go with confidence because there's no, just like with any skill, there's no one size fits all approach. Um, so a lot of times it's figuring out, okay, um, you know, well, you feel confident in this situation. Um, so how can we build it on it here? But then sometimes, you know, then there's the whole self-efficacy part of it that is more task specific. Um, so I think that sometimes can be challenging because, you know, you have athletes that really excel, um, let's say, At practice, but then in when it comes to game settings, they maybe they feel fine under pressure, but something's just not clicking. So getting to the bottom of that, I think it's one of my favorite, favorite parts of it, but it can be challenging for sure.
0: And that's one of the things that was really cool that we got to see when we were at the event is one of the local news stations had interviewed you and one of your athletes talking about that, of how that athlete had struggled a little bit when the lights came on, for lack of a better Mm -hmm. phrase. And the work y'all did together was really able to help them unlock more of their potential on the field. So, flashback with me when you were a kid because I know you went to undergrad at West Virginia. You studied sports and exercise psychology. So, like, you've been into this field and immersed in it from like as soon as you were out the door. But what was kind of the inspiration to go down this path? Did you struggle yourself with confidence as a kid, or was there like a mental block when you played a sport that you were like, "What is happening? How can I overcome this? What's going on? Oh crap! There's an entire field dedicated to
1: this." Yeah, yeah. Um I love this question. Um I think first and foremost, a hundred percent. I always say that I could have used myself, um, for sure. I've always been an overthinker. I always, you know, like was super positive, but I would doubt myself. Um, I've always been a perfectionist. So so I could have used myself so much. Um, and it's kind of cool because I love hearing it's still such a rare field, new field. And I love hearing how people get into it. You know, Um, truthfully, I've always been super strong in my faith. Um, I was raised in a strong Christian household and um, I really just kind of feel like God placed me in it. Um, At the end of my freshman year, I thought I wanted to go like the exercise psych path um, or exercise science path, excuse me. And um, I just took some classes in chem and didn't have, you know, the most favorite chem teacher. And I was just like, you know what, I know that I can do this, but do I want to do this? Um, And my advisor recommended sports psych, I came back sophomore year, I told myself, um, I love WVU, but you know, I could save so much money in state. Um, And if I don't know what I want to do, then I'm not just gonna, you know, stay here and you know well i absolutely fell in love with it i had amazing faculty and that's literally how how i got here um so i didn't even know it was a thing um i'll never forget sitting in an intro class and ken revisa um we watched a video on him um he was just an amazing amazing person um and i was so blessed i got to meet him but yeah so that's kind of been my path and then i just fell in love with it and i was like Oh my gosh! It could have used me, you know. Um, so I think that's, you know, my my story is is kind of unique because I just I didn't even know it was a thing. Um, and having an undergrad degree in it was so um, unique as well, you know. Um, in grad school, most people came from all different backgrounds, so that was that was really a blessing as well having having the experience that I did.
0: So I have a couple of questions along those lines. Yeah. So at, while you're in school and you're you're studying mm-hmm. this and then getting your master's and you're realizing like, I could have used me. Like me now yeah. needs me back then as a client. Yeah. What was one thing that kind of stood out? And the reason I asked that is like, for me, I struggled a little bit with, there were a few things, obviously looking at the big picture now, mental performance, I'm like, oh, there's a lot I could have used. But one yeah. of the biggest ones was, the idea of the of discomfort and how I was talking to myself internally and how I was not reframing situations, but allowing that pit in my stomach, that fear to cause me to really make choices that I later regretted of avoiding opportunities because I was like, oh, it's a pit in my stomach. Everybody's like, listen to your gut. When in reality, like that isn't actually what was going on in that, in that moment. And so for you looking back when you were learning all of this, What's something that kind of stood out that you're like, I wish I'd known that when I was younger,
1: I think a big thing, um, is, well, I always was somebody that like, I liked pressure. Um, it was something back then and, and now too. Um, so I was always, you know, loving high pressure situations, but I think a big thing for me, um, was, comparison um and I think that it's such a big thing in today's world especially you know not even athletic related I think that um there were times that you know I tried to compare myself to other athletes when I should have just been more focused on being myself Um, and I think that ties into confidence as well right so um you know believing in myself or not letting um my perfectionistic self really like eat at me right and those negative thoughts that would creep in um, like I said, I mean, I've always been so blessed to just naturally be a positive person. Um, But I think at times, you know, I definitely let fear or I definitely let self self doubt and I definitely let so many things just creep in to the point that it just would like eat at me and I would just compare myself so much. Um, And, you know, I think once you're able to really identify those things, just like, um, for instance, I know that um, stress was something that I used to let bottle up, right? It's like you put it in, um, you know, like a, an empty Coke bottle, right? Like you put it in or Pepsi or whatever you, if you drink soda, I no, don't. It's, it, 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 do. All
0: soda is Coke, right? Like it, it, in right? the South, yeah. it is yeah. Coke. It doesn't matter if it's Dr. Pepper, or Pepsi, it is a Coke bottle,
1: right? there we go. Thanks for rolling with me, Jake. Um, but you know, you slowly just pour it in and pour it in and pour it in until it starts to overflow. Um, and so for me, a big moment in, in college, which this transfers over into sport, you know, um, was realizing that I would let my emotions, I would bottle them up. So I started to realize, you know, okay, well, why am I shoving this under the rug? Because we want to hide our emotions sometimes, or we want to hide our fear, right? Because we if we're fearful of something, it can be scary to not only like become self-aware of it for ourselves, but to even admit that to somebody else. Right. And I yep. was like, well, who cares? You know, you just reach a point where you're like, well, why, like, why not just say that loud type of thing? So I think that was such a big thing for me. Um, just emotion regulation and, um, taking more of a mindfulness approach and accepting, Hey, you know what, this is how I'm feeling and it's okay. Um, I'm not going to let it control me, but, um, you know, it's, it's okay to, to feel this emotion. And I think so many athletes forget that.
0: So one of the things I want to ask you, well, there's two actually that we talked about comparison. We're going to circle back to, but the idea of you're a super positive person, which I love, and, and I consider myself a very positive person too. And I think there's a trap that people like us can fall into in terms of one struggling with positivity versus optimism. And, and making sure our positivity is grounded in realism and even to a degree, blind faith, but not the toxic positivity.
1: Mm-hmm. And then the
0: separate, separate side of that is, man, we have bad days. And sometimes you feel like if you're known as a positive person, you can't show those bad days. And so I'm curious from your standpoint dealing with that, and I'm sure part of that was bottling up a lot of those emotions of just managing that for people listening that feel like they've always got to be positive. When to be a positive person, I don't think you have to always be positive, but you do have to be optimistic. And there's a Mm -hmm. difference in that language. Do you mind talking Mm -hmm. about that a little bit in in regards to your experience or how you work with your clients?
1: Yeah. So I love that question so much. Um, And I think that, again, I think that, you know, we relate in that aspect and I think so many other people can relate. And it was probably, I would say, I don't know, within a few years ago, I might've been outside, out of grad school, so a few years ago, and I started to think about that concept. Um, I started to think about, oh man, like if I'm having a bad day, or so many people you know, would say to me like, oh, Carly, well, you're so positive. How do you remain positive? Or you know, during the pandemic, it's like, well, how are you so positive during the pandemic, right? And it's yep. like, no, 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 no. Let, let, let's just remember we're human first. You know, We have those bad days. So something that I really try to remember is no matter what type of day I'm having, whether it's just, you know, like just one of those days, whether I was supposed to, you know, like get a new client and didn't work out, whatever it is. I think the biggest thing is looking at, um, you know, remembering like all the things that you do have. So like, for instance, obviously like gratitude, but I think on an even deeper level of that is you know, um, like my dad, for instance, he's had tons of back surgeries, like six back surgeries, and he's always been somebody that has remained positive. Um, He always said there's somebody that has it worse off than I do. And so I think that a huge part of that is from being raised, like, you know, my dad in that aspect, but that's something that I've carried through with me. So it's okay to be having a bad day, or it's okay that I'm upset that I'm not my positive self today. But remembering that, you know what, it's okay that I'm upset too, you know, but, um, these are all the things that I do have, or these are all the things, um, that I did accomplish this week. Right. So it really is a hard balance and something I know that I've struggled with, um, in the past, but whenever I get like that, I just really try to put things into perspective. Um, and I think we get so caught up in, um, you know, like oh, man, I, um, I didn't get this done, or I didn't get that done. But like, when it comes down to it, like, your health is so important, right? Or, you know, your family is so important, or um, the people around you are so important, you know, and, and that all just goes back to perspective. Um, so I think really accepting how you're feeling, and knowing that it's okay, but then choosing to look at something that's gonna, that's gonna kind of, light you up a little bit um I if that, that makes sense
0: no it does and yeah. and we've Thanks. talked about that here on the show about it's okay to feel your feelings acknowledge them mm-hmm. feel them be aware of them but don't be a slave to them don't allow yeah. them to determine how you show up and what actions you take just as like what you talked about like i feel this it's upsetting it's frustrating when you lose a client or a project doesn't work out but how am I going to reframe this situation of, okay, what did I learn from it? How am I going to get better the next time I have a sales conversation? And what do mm-hmm. I still have in my life? What am I grateful for? The other key piece of that that I don't, I don't want listeners to miss is the importance of who you surround yourself with. And you talked about how your positive attitude and outlook was heavily influenced by your dad. And some of our listeners, they may not have had a parent that was like that, but they yep. choose who they hang out with now. And so mm-hmm. when you look around your circle especially we're just finishing the first month of a new year are the people you surround yourself, positive people, optimistic people, are they negative? And if they're Mm -hmm. negative and they always seem to complain and they're always griping about something, is it any surprise that you find yourself drifting that way? And so we have to be so intentional with who we surround ourselves with. Mm -hmm. One of the other things that you mentioned earlier that, that I know is a big struggle for athletes. Heck I know it's a big struggle for adults right now is comparison And maybe even more so the last 18, 24 months, because we've all been on our devices so much more than we ever have, because we haven't physically been together and you get caught in social media scroll and you get caught looking and comparing yourself to someone else. And so for that adult, that, that individual, even that athlete that's listening to this show, that they can't seem to stop comparing themselves to someone else. How do we at least initiate that that reframe of focus so that we start comparing ourselves to who we were instead of worrying about what someone else is doing?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a great question, Jake. Um, and I just, I, I agree this, the last, you know, 18 months or so, like you said, has been such a big time, I think, for that. Um, I know one of the biggest things um, that I even take note to for myself personally, and again, here comes self-awareness, but is, okay, how much, you know, Instagram, I forget when it, human thing, but there's a, an activity thing, right? Yep. So I'll notice if I'm feeling, you know, not my typical self that day, or I'm bogged down and I'm like, okay, Carly, well, what did you do today that, you know, might, might have influenced that? Is it just an off day, or Did you do something? Well, you were just scrolling on, you know, instant. So I think so much, one of the biggest things that I love to say is filter your brain, right? If you're on social media for, let's say an hour and a half average, you know, your activity, and you're looking at all of this negativity, or you're looking at, you know, all of these pictures of models or super people or whatever it is. And you're comparing yourself versus if you're scrolling an hour and a half and you're listening to, you know, Jake's podcast and Justin Sue's podcast, or, you know, you're looking at posts that I think is a big difference. So what you look at, what you fill your brain with, I think is a huge thing. Um, and again, the other part of that, just like anything else is self-awareness, right? So kind of taking looking at your day looking at um, reflecting upon your day and saying okay well why was today such a good day and that's why I say journaling is so important you know um, there's some athletes that I talk to or some clients in general that they'll just be like oh yeah I do journal or oh, I'll try that. And then others that you can tell are just like, eh. and it's like, okay, well, how about you try it once and tell me what you think, you know, because when we're able to write down our thoughts, or even if we're able to say them out loud, um, it's crazy the amount of self-awareness would gain or the light bulb goes off. Um, so I think a big thing with comparison is first, what are you looking at? Um, and again, that other part of who you're surrounding yourself with, um, I think even when we're on social media, even if we're not physically sitting around a ton of people surrounding ourselves and who we're following and what we're looking at, I think is such a big part of it. Um, so we don't always have to physically be surrounded by people, but on social media, if we're following certain people, um, I think is such a big thing. Um, And that's what
0: you said right there. So important, especially right now, because A lot of people like you're starting a new year, you've kind of been going of just like going through your feed and like just going through your following list and being like, okay, who do I need to follow? Who do I not?
1: And I have,
0: I did that on Facebook. I I had about a six month period where anytime I would get on Facebook, when I would scroll past accounts where I'm like, I really don't know the person. I don't engage with the person. Um, I, what they're posting, like I find myself comparing myself to them, or I don't like it. I just unfollow. Like I'm still friends yeah. with them, and I unfollow. And so what it does is it cleans up little by little. It cleans up, and you do the same on Instagram, where you Justin La- Justin Sua talked about it at the event. He's like, I'm yep. posting stories for people. Like I'm still following you, but I don't see your content because sometimes people get butt hurt and whatever else. And so yeah. it's so intentional right now to to think about that and and what you said and and i couldn't help but think like the one self awareness i gained in the last couple of years is when i don't feel good i notice i'll get caught more in that endless scroll comparison like if i if i'm battling a cold if i'm in bed if wife and i went out with some friends the night before had a little too much wine a little too much whiskey and i'm just sluggish the next day i'll notice i'm a little more drawn to scrolling that feed and then i can hear that inner critic starts running and so I've had to be more intentional. Okay. I don't feel good. I can't even get on there. I need to post and ghost. Like I got to post something for work and get off or not post. And it's, mm-hmm. it's building that awareness. So we're more intentional with what we're consuming. Like you talked about.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I love that so much, Jake. And I agree. I think I notice it too, when it's maybe I didn't get a good night's sleep or, um, you know, maybe I'm really stressed about something or, you know, it's a lot of times it'll, I call it the spiral, right? Like one negative thing will turn into several different things. So I agree. I think you bring up a great point. Um, I think that is a lot of times when it does happen too, is when we're just not feeling the best or, you know, we're going through something, that's when we tend to, to really start to, to do that. So I agree completely.
0: Well, and you mentioned stress because a lot of people probably are used to this idea of when they get stressed and and maybe they're not even aware of it, but they go to the device and we go there Mm -hmm. because we're, we're stressed thinking about all this other stuff. And we just want to get caught in this dopamine drug Mm -hmm. overdose of all these likes and new feeds. And, and so it's, it's, it's being aware of how we're feeling, what's going on. And then when we get on there and find ourselves trapped in it, that we can better improve that relationship. Um, especially with that. And and Instagram is kind of my favorite place to play. I know you and I engage a lot on there, but Mm -hmm. I love the fact that on the activity feed or in the settings, you can remove seeing likes. Like Mm -hmm. I go in there, I have no idea how many likes your account gets. All I see is like, Carly and Lauren like this post, and or Carly and others like this post, but I don't see numbers, yep. and yeah. that will completely change how you look at certain people, especially if if you're a business owner or if you're in the same field and you're comparing yourself to others of like, oh, they got three hundred likes, and man, I got like fifty four. What's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Take likes out of the equation entirely and just focus on. Am I adding value or sharing what I think is fun and encouraging or entertaining? Uh, and am I only following people I'm learning from and I, I love following and watching? And so that that's another key piece of building that intentionality with those relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things, let's, let's talk briefly about the people we see offline, of our coworkers, mm-hmm. our peers on the team. We get, you know, it's dangerous. And, I, and I'm not sure if we talked about this at Lauren's event or not, but the idea of like, you're cheering for like, they're your friends. They're your coworkers. Like you want the company to do well. You want the team to do well, but you don't want that person to do better than you, which is dangerous. And then we start comparing ourselves to them because that hurts the team. That hurts the company. Instead of saying like, you go do your best and let me find a way to get better myself so that we Mm -hmm. both do better. Mm -hmm. How do we shift our comparison from offline on the, on the people we see every day we train with every day, to where we can really start to celebrate their growth and their success. Um, Because that's one thing at the event that I've talked about here on the show is like that group of 40 to 45, that's one of the very few times I've been at an event where there was no comparison. You had guys that are working at the major league baseball level. You have people that are working with Fortune 100 companies. You have people that are still getting their their masters or their doctorate, like people still in school. And everybody in that room, it wasn't about, look how cool I am, look at my resume. It's all about, here's what I know, Here, how can I help you? And then what can I learn from you? And I think that's a, a mindset shift that most people never have the opportunity or realize the awareness to make. And so how do we start to maybe shift that? How do you encourage that athlete to start cheering for that teammate, even though they're fighting for the same position?
1: Yeah, I think that that is, that's a great question. Um, I feel like every question you've been asked today, I'm like, that's a great question because your your question is this great, Jake. Um, but I agree. And I've just been telling, like, when I came home from that event, and I'm still, you know, talking about the event to people. And I'm just like, I've never been in a room full of people that I have felt exactly like the same exact thing. Um, oh, I'm so intentional
0: we, with who I'm telling too. Cause I'm like, yeah. I don't know if you're going to fit that room because I know how you behave. I want yeah. you to be there, but here's what you need to know. Otherwise yeah, I'm like, Give me, Lauren, let me know when tickets go on sale because they're going to sell out.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And I, and I agree completely. And I think one of the biggest things that every person in that room, when they talked was their selfless, They're um, you know, they're selfless. And I think one of the biggest things that when you really are tied into your purpose, um, and that's you know an even deeper part, but I think in the last like year, I would say I've even realized this for myself. When you're really like tied into your purpose, and you know, what your passion is, I think that really helps to separate you. And I, and, you know, just like Justin talked about being authentic, you know, that's, that's the way to beat comparison. But I think that when you really start to look at, okay, am I passionate about what I'm doing? Cause if you're not passionate about what you're doing and you go to work every day and you're miserable and you're fighting for that position next to the person next to you in the cubicle, and they end up getting a raise and you don't, that a hundred percent isn't gonna help your mood, right? Because you're so focused on being better than them because of like, you wanna earn that, you know, that increase. Cause why else would you wanna stay at that place, right? So I think a big thing is that when we're not happy, just like you talked about earlier, you know, feeling sick and stuff. Um, I think that when we're not happy or we're not tied into our purpose and our passion, that's when we can really, really start to focus on, okay, I need to beat this person. Whereas when you focus on yourself and you're happy with yourself and you love yourself, I think that's when you really can like lift up the person next to you. Um, and it's, it's been great. I love this question because to be honest, I've always been somebody that I always tried to hype everybody up. I always tried to hype up my friends and care more about them. Um, and I had to kind of learn it the hard way that I had to learn to, to work on me too. Um, but yeah, I think, I think a big thing is just lack of purpose, lack of passion. Um, I think some people just, don't like what they do. Um, and so there's really no other thing to focus on than let me just try and beat out this person next to me. Um, or, you know, even, even in the athletic world, you know, it's like, all right, well, maybe I don't like my career or, or the, what I'm majoring in, or maybe I don't have the best support system or whatever it is. So let me try and, you know, it's, it's an ego thing. I think it's like, so Yeah. It is
0: definitely ego. Uh, Let me ask you, one of the things you said there kind of stuck out because I've had some interesting conversations with people over the last four to six months. And I've seen this pop up a few times of like loving yourself, then finding the purpose. There's just a lot of people that they don't love themselves. They maybe like themselves, um, but they're they're caught up. Maybe it's because they're caught up in past mistakes they made. They're beating themselves up for things out of their control. There, there's a number of different reasons we don't love ourselves maybe we've never been taught to so when you have a new client that that you start to realize like this is a big piece of it how do you help them kind of shift to where they become their biggest encourager they become their biggest cheerleader they start to love and accept themselves so that they can go start showing up stronger and more fulfilled and more purposeful in their work
1: yeah So I think one of um, one of the first things that I do with any client um, is I get to know them, um, right, just to get to know them as the full person. And then I also have them identify their strengths and weaknesses. And I would honestly say like 85, 90 percent of them, I'll say like this just happened the other day with a client and he's, you know, like youth athlete. And, um, and I'm like, all right, write down your strengths and weaknesses. And I even said strengths and weaknesses. Well, he wrote down his weaknesses first and started writing them and then went to his strengths. And I said, what made you write down your weaknesses before your strengths? Right. Because we're so often we are able to identify all the things that we're bad at before the things that we're good at. Right. And it all resorts back to self-confidence, ego, all those things. So by doing that, I'm kind of able to see how they perceive themselves. Um, another another client um, around the same age, he was like 11, um, super great pitcher. And I had him do the same thing. And it was a big breakthrough moment because he actually got kind of emotional, like I think without trying to like, let me know he was getting emotional. Um, but long story short, I came to find out that he had some really rude teammates who just um, would kind of like beat up on him. And I think it was because of jealousy. I think it was because he's really good and they wanted to, you know, and, but he's such a great teammate. Um, and so that was a big breakthrough moment because I said, even if, even if you don't believe in yourself right now, you need to remember that like Carly believes in you. Like I believe in you, you know? Um, so I think like, just simply asking somebody or having them identify their strengths and weaknesses, they're able to see it because maybe they haven't even thought of it that way before um, or just seeing it on paper. Um, And also for me to be able to see that and then saying, okay, how can we improve upon that? Um, And if it's somebody that's, that might be a little too cocky, you know, and think that they're pretty good, then we might focus more on, you know, like, I still want you to be confident in what you're doing, but like, maybe shifting more to weaknesses to, to kind of put them into perspective a little bit. Um, But if it's somebody that really, really struggles, it's saying, okay, that's cool that these are your weaknesses and it's good that you can identify them. You know, we all have strengths, we all have weaknesses, but let's really tap into your strengths. Um, So I think it's, again, just knowing, knowing the person and building that rapport and then being able to build off of that um, is honestly something that has really been such a, a breakthrough with working with people. I love it.
0: Well, we've hinted about it a few times throughout the show, but talk to me a little bit about your practice because you work with a number of different athletes. I know you work with individual and you do some team and small group coaching as well. Tell me who you serve and kind of some of the things that you offer. So for our listeners that are like, well, I don't live in the PA area, but I know you do some virtual stuff. And so tell me a little bit that may be a good fit for me or even my youth athlete.
1: Yeah. Um, so I opened my practice. Um, it would have been like July, August, 2020. So still kind of a mid pan, mid COVID pandemic. Yep. Um, and I've worked with baseball seems to be like the biggest sport that, that I work with. Um, I think because so many people know how big the mental game is. Um, and so I've worked with a lot of like youth athletes I've worked with, um, cl- there's a D two college, um, in, like 15 minutes from me. It's called Millersville University. I've worked with them. Um, I've worked with softball, basketball, um, and grad school. So I've worked with all different types of athletes and ages. Um, And it's been really cool um, to be able to kind of see the differences and the similarities. Um, And I actually just had my first um, non- athletic um client the other week um he's a musician um and lives in nashville so that was really cool um we were just you know like talking about pressure and um it it's so cool to see just like how much it relates you know to sports. so that's the that's the part that i love about what i do is really being able to see um athletes or just clients in general, being able to transition and use those skills just outside of sport um, and just in their lifetime. Um, So yeah, that's that's
0: why that's why we all played. I mean, we all had dreams of maybe going pro as kids. But in reality, the reason parents encouraged us is because of everything we learn in sports is so translatable to life. Yep, it takes us years sometimes to realize that connection. But yeah, those lessons are, are there. And it's so powerful. Like you said, when you can start to unlock that mindset in different areas of sports, what it'll help you unlock in other areas of life.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is. I agree with you hundred percent. Um, it is such a cool thing. Um, and I think that is one great thing, like you were saying about with virtual, you know, I have a, I have a client, um, he's youth actually, but lives in like chicago so we've never met in person but we meet via zoom and it works out great it's you know it's like i've met him so that is such a plus to to virtual um i think which is so cool being able to talk to all different types of people
0: absolutely so okay for anyone listening that's interested maybe for themselves or even for their athlete one what's your website where can we go find out more and then where's the best place to follow and connect with you on social media
1: Um, so I think the best place is probably Instagram. I have a, um, a business page. Um, it's CM underscore mental performance. Um, and so I'm on there mostly. I'm also on like Twitter, LinkedIn, all those, but I think Instagram is honestly where I, um, I've been on like the most. Um, so I would say that's probably the best place to connect with me. Um, and yeah, so.
0: Well, uh, we're going to link to that in the show notes, Carly. So anybody listening to the episode can just click and follow you. I follow her as well. So you can find her account on my profile. Um, but man, most of all, just want to say thank you for investing some time, letting me pepper you with questions today. I know there was a ton of value for our listeners that they can start to apply in their journey. either dealing with positivity and being more positive, maybe learning to love themselves a little bit better, or just that constant battle of comparison. So thank you so incredibly much for coming on the show this week.
1: Thank you so much, Jake, for having me. Um,